This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Joel Alconin. Save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special. Featuring myself, Dennis, and Rob Fries in a bright trading. We'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use and how we prepare for our trading day, and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you all had amazing weekends. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. We are down pretty much across the board. We'll talk about why we think that is, except Bitcoin, of course. Obviously, crypto is uh, blasting off. We'll talk about that as well. We are into the retail earnings season. So every retailer under the sun will report this week. We'll also look ahead to maybe some 13Fs tonight. We got a couple of them already. Uh, We'll take some questions in our chat, as always. Try to cover as many stocks as we can. Our guest today, Tim Quast at 8.35 and Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors at 9 o'clock. Before I throw it to Joel and before he shares his screen, please smash the like button. And as a reminder, we are T minus um, five days away. Right and, or six? I can't do math. math and before good. we throw it to Joel, yeah, yeah, what's going on, guys? You're yeah, keeping me have in a the surprise dark. for Joel and a surprise probably for most of the listeners. So right. I'm just cruising around. I never go on Facebook, but for whatever reason, something's my spiny senses or something was just telling me <laughs> go on Facebook and just take a look. And as I just log into my Facebook, Joel, you need to get a Facebook account. I do have it. one. Oh, he does yeah. have one. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know how to use it, though. It's like Johnny Lawrence off of Cobra. We Cat. have a pre-market prep one. I haven't been on Facebook in over a year, but continue, Dennis. <laughs> so anyway, so I go on Facebook, and I have this big pop-up message that comes at me on the Facebook, up from Spen- on the Spencer Israel feed, and it says, she says yes. That's what it said. She You're said You're kidding yes. me. No, Spencer. Joel did not know this. He Spencer, didn't know on yeah, you're adding to your position in life. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, it's about Holy time. God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. She's fantastic. I've only met her. I think I've met Ariel twice. So a fantastic person. Congratulations, Spencer. Congratulations, Ariel. Thank uh, you. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. I I was gonna tell you. And then I thought, nah, it'd be more fun if I just waited till Monday morning. Joel's kind of in shock here. So tell us about it, Spencer. Tell us. Yeah, about how'd you it. do oh, it? Thank you, everyone in the chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How'd I do it? Um, 
I we went down to the riverfront, right, which is you know a, a area of significance to us, and uh, her family was all there waiting. They had been there before with a photographer, and we went down and did it at the riverfront, and then we came back to the office and we, so for those of you who've never been here before, we have a ticker outside of our building that we, that we control. So I, I I had a couple of guys make up a sign for me that we put up on the ticker. Um, you know what? Maybe I could just log. Maybe it. I could just log into Facebook and. Show oh, it. really? So what? What day was this? This was this was Friday after work. Oh. Friday, Friday after work. So um, so I had it up on the on the ticker and everything, and uh, yeah, it was uh. Go over the ticker. I saw it on I Facebook. Took over the ticker. Yeah, it said it said Ariel said yes is what it said on the ticker. I have to figure out how to log into Facebook. That's it. I gotta um, see that because. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to log into Facebook. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I have a Facebook. I don't know where it passwords and pre-market prep has a Facebook. Hey, the other thing too, while, uh, while Spencer is, uh, let's see it. Let's see it. I got to see this. Let's see this. There we go. Should I I zoom in? Yeah. Zoom in. Yes. So this is right outside the, where we're using offices that, that ticker is hanging on the Benzinga office floor, basically. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's like up side of the building. So here, what if I just like zoomed in, let's Uh, go down. There we go. Go up, go up, go up. There it is. That is awesome. Wow, and they got the pick up there and everything. Let me know when the day is because I, you know, I want to be available to be the best man. Obviously, uh, uh, you know. But what do you guys think? In like a year or so? Yeah, fall next fall. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully, Canadians will be allowed in the U.S. by then. Hopefully, no, you are. <laughs> I heard the borders are open. Oh, we gotta Dennis. go over. No, no, only one way. It's only what one way, way Joel. The Canadians are Latin Americans. That's the Americans still don't want the Canadians. You got to fly. You can fly over the border. So if you fly, you're good to go. All right. I'll share my screen here in one second. Hardy, congratulations, Spencer. Ariel's a great girl. So Thank you. Man. Couldn't be happier for you. you. You pulled it off. And man, oh, man. that that's, uh... it, was, it was two months in the making, man. It took me seven weeks to get that ring. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm short all the jewelers because it took forever. <laughs> you short the jewelers. You should have you went to Jared. That's right. Should have went to Jared. It's <laughs> enough advertising for Jared in the D. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, just real quick before we go to the screens here, yeah, uh, we are. If you want to sign up for the event and you're in Canada or anywhere else in the country, uh, go to premarketprep.com and uh, there's another link there for you. It's going to be updated and uh, a Canadian now. link. Joel, yeah, so. It took me some while. Mitch helped me figure it out, but man, and uh, did some work on that this weekend. And man, is that going to be a, a fun and educational event? So oh, everyone, Canada. we're going to get the Canadians and all those. You know, that it says he has all these Canadian friends. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it's like all my Canadian <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah, sign up. And yeah, somehow, we'll see. It's only through U.S. But now it's everybody. Everybody can sign up. So no more. Yeah. Everybody can sign up. No more excuses. Okay, so here we go. So let's uh, let's go right to the index. And Dennis, you know, we do the pre pre market prep, and it's like the same thing. When I saw this uh, uh, Afghanistan news, I'm like, yeah. That's, well, I wanted to text you and say bullish, you know, because everything is bullish for the market. But this one, I felt it's hard to be bullish. Yeah, on, on it, at least this headline. I I kind of thought the S and P's would get a little bit of hit too. Too, we haven't been talking. You know, the markets haven't been worried about. Obviously, terrorism, but when you look at what happened with Afghanistan over the weekend here, and I don't know if Spencer or Joel wants to 
enlighten everyone. I think most people probably know that it looks like U.S. troops pull out and Taliban quickly moves in. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, that's the gist of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, uh, but, like, like, immediately, like, imminently, like, we aren't even fully pulled. U.S. isn't even fully pulled out yet, and the Taliban's already taken over. I mean, twenty years fighting this war in Afghanistan, and as soon as the U.S. troops leave, the Taliban retake over. It's kind of undoes the whole twenty years. It's tough. You feel bad for the Afghani people, but obviously, you know, with Taliban taking, you start to think, oh, is there going to be, you know, this give them more leg up on terrorism as well? So. Uh, not not a good weekend for Afghanistan. Well, maybe uh, maybe our country should have listened to Dwight Eisenhower uh, when he said many many years ago, and applying to the world, you know, never fight a a land war in Southeast Asia. I know different uh, region, but man, we're not do- we're like oh for four over there. So who knows? But <laughs> we just got to talk about the. We don't talk about political implications. We talk about market implications. That made me want to sell the S and P's at flat at sixty two fifty. Did you? I get I, uh, no fifty. It opened lower and only went up to fifty nine. So I was a little on the cheap. So we're down seventeen handles pre market low forty four forty one. We're just off that. It's always the same scenario. Do the buy the dippers just hold that pre-market low we go unchanged on today? Or do we have some more work to do on the downside? I don't feel like this is a headline that everybody's going to be spooked out. I don't think this is going to turn the FOMO, you know, into losing out, FOLO, whatever you want to call it. So I I tend to think they'll probably buy the dip on this again because that's just what this market does. If you're a betting man, you go with the odds and. The odds say they'll probably buy the dip again, but we're overbought. There's no doubt in a lot of, you know, in the overall index, there's been a lot of individual stocks that have got smashed around, but rotation has kept us higher. Fang is the new leaders. I mean, Apple's back up near the highs, knocking on the door 150. Microsoft breaks out to new all-time highs on Friday. Yep. Um, You got the Facebook is starting to look like a cup and handle pattern and wanting to go higher there. And then you have Amazon, which really hasn't got it together after the earnings report. So it's the one component of Fang that hasn't got it together. But um, it's tough to bet against this market. So if you're coming in and buying puts or loading up shorts on this, you know, in normal markets five years ago, I'd say yes. In this market, I don't know if I want to bet on the short side. So, you know, I'd invest cautiously, which I am invested cautiously. But as a trader, buy the dip just seems to always work. It gives you a little, uh, you know, at least you have some reference points here, at least in the S&Ps. Like, you know, this would be a really great day if they take this thing back unchanged and post another new all-time closing high. We've only done that in like five of the last six sessions every day except for Monday last week. We made a new all-time high, the new all-time closing high. So those are pretty tough statistics to keep up with. But real quick, I want to run down the crude oil, down a buck 36, Delta variant concerns, of course. Uh, Gold, uh, that's up or that's down two dollars, seventeen seventy six. That's trying to get back over eighteen hundred. Silver in the red by twenty eight cents at twenty three forty nine and a half. Bitcoin, I'll talk about just for a second. We're over that fifty percent retracement, up eleven seventy five at forty seven thousand six hundred and eighty. And Ethereum. I'll tell you why I'm bullish Ethereum here, even more bullish, uh, is that uh, my buddy Ira is in town and we do different things. He didn't come in for a football game this year, uh, but he came in for a long weekend and we went to the TCS Center and we saw an exhibit called Beyond Van Gogh. 
And uh, what it was, it was like his art, but in digital form, digital presentation. How much and, was that art in digital form? I'm Still sorry. The money? Were they said they were just a, it was just a presentation or were they it was a, it, Yeah, it? it was a 45 minute exhibit. And uh, man, oh man, man, that guy, you know, you think we're crazy. That guy, just what a genius. But anyways, it told the story, his paintings. And I'm thinking, man, this has got to be done with Ethereum, right? This digital art. And just think if you could transform like all the Van Goghs into like digital, like you get your digital Van Gogh. I mean, I don't know. It was really impressive. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So Ethereum, I'm more bullish than that, but then uh, then Bitcoin. I mean, if you actually have a use for it. But anyways, I just saw that, those Tom Brady NFTs. Yeah, tweeting about it, and it's like they were coming on the market. Shizzy in the chat knows about this stuff, uh, but they're coming out. And I guess if you win the lottery or something, they do a lottery on some of these things. And if you're early, then you can turn around and flip them. And like, but I was watching these Tom Brady NFTs going from when the secondary market from like eight, you know, from like. 2,000 to 18,000, like 28,000. One of them was going for over 100,000. I'm like, this is this is what it's autographed. I mean, this is what a Tom Brady autograph is. A digital autograph is worth 100 grand on a picture? Oh, that is only 25 of them. Until he comes next. out with the next 25. Guess what the next one is. What is it? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Who is made, who, there's somebody making a lot of money. Who is the company? Yeah that we should invest with here mitch like yeah and spencer knows not, like you like to go we go back to the tops or not really it, it, it's not like that <laughs> yeah tell me i don't know how to invest in, i've got ethereum so i'm playing it that way how else are we making money in these nfts the, well from from most people it comes down to to buying and, and to, to and flipping basically right that, that that's what it is is there a company a public company doing any of this like if we yeah, bought a yeah. stock is there a, a way to play this through the stock market besides yeah, it, like ethereum that's what like all yeah you mentioned tops and you mentioned and and DraftKings and hall of fame resorts that's what all these companies that have announced nfts that's the idea you just but the problem is you just because someone says they're doing nfts doesn't mean the nfts are going to have any value right so playboy it's right same thing so I like the Playboy, I like well, as a NFT player. But you don't know if they're going to have any value, and no, no one can say if if any NFT is going to have any value or not. So, it it's sort of a sort of a crapshoot. Well, they all seem to have value right now. Somebody telling me, you know, these digital frogs and digital uh, penguins going for thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. I personally like just don't understand it, but. I, I'm not, I'm, I, I've, you know, obviously when this first started, we saw this a few months ago, I completely dismissed it. But as I saw it, I was like, well, I'm going to buy some Ethereum because this NFT stuff doesn't seem to go away. And most of it, Mitch, is that a correct assumption? Most of this is still based on Ethereum? Oh, like, yeah, oh for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, still, sure. it's still based on that network. And if I recall correctly, speaking of Joel getting excited about, about crypto again, if, if memory serves, Joel did get excited about Bitcoin in like, I think it was like October 2017, Joel. It was like October. Was it, or was it 18? I can't oh, no, remember. No, no, it was 17. It was 17. And then you sold like January of 18. You sold like right before. That 20K. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. And and there was a it was a nice run. So everyone, let that be a lesson. Joel played the Bitcoin uh, up the first time around. Uh, caught the Mid top. And um, the temporary top, at least the short-term top, and uh, he's getting excited again. It sounds like 
Yeah, it, uh, I'll go with the Ethereum route this time, but um, oh, boy, God. oh boy, no, it was impressive. If you guys are any of you Detroiters here, you get a chance. Um, you should definitely, definitely go check out that exhibit. It was uh, it's pretty amazing. But uh, do we want to? We're sixteen minutes here. Do we want to talk some individual stocks? Probably what do we Tesla. got moving? Yeah, probably Tesla. Big headline from Tesla and Neil. We can do mm-hmm. it together. Mm-hmm. We have so yeah. Tesla is there was an investigation. I'm kind of surprised it took this long. Uh, this is a r- report from Bloomberg and an investigation into Tesla's autopilot, uh, and it's from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA, um, and it's it's related to the all the models, the models, the X, the Y, the S, and the three. Um, the autopilot function on those uh, on those models, and there, we also have another a car accident in Neo. Remember, and Luke brought this up to me this morning. Remember, a few years ago, there would be a new Tesla accident every three to four months, and every time people would say, "Oh, Tesla! Oh, this accident's terrible," and you know it would it would impact the stock for a day or two. Well, maybe that's happening now, in Neo. And there was an accident over the weekend involving a Neo ES8. Um, and so it's now, you know, you have the the crackdown over in China. Uh, on the one hand, you've got this accident. On the other hand, and and, and someone died, um, and uh, o- o- over the weekend, uh, you know, uh, so the, the, so I guess there's been two accidents now in 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 recent memory involving these neos uh, in China. So you get you get the regulation on one hand, you get accidents on the other, and and then you put two and two together and sort of figure it out from there. So. Um, they're, those are both weighing on EV stocks this morning. Wow, Tesla, the level of all levels, the extra duper, extra super duper support, as Mr. Alcon likes to say. You don't have to be a rocket science to figure this yeah. one out. It's 700. It was classic resistance two, three times in June and July. Broke out through that at the beginning of August and then has held that support like a champion. Um it's coming down to that support again. That's your level. It has to hold. You don't want to see this breach like 697 because then it gets slippery slope because we went up in two days from 650 to 700. So if you're bullish, yeah, I think you got to stop yourself out under 697. I mean, if you're long term, but if you got this on for a trade, that would be where I'd be stopping myself out under that 697. Maybe they do the undercut and rally trick, uh, but the 700 is critical. Yeah, and it just, I mean, just, it feels a little heavy this time. Like, before when it came down to this area, you know, and now it's just kind of... Yeah, it's come down so many times. Uh, You you haven't taken out uh, your two-day low at 699.40. I guess... I mean, it kind of feels right now, you know, can't make any guarantees in these markets. It kind of feels like it's going to breach that 700. Maybe, you know, let's see. But it's one of those things where does it find support at 696 and close at 703? Uh, one of those things. So yeah. I, I would look at it more. Kind of feels like it's going to happen today. Let's see if it happens on a closing basis. Um, I just don't like the real estate under 700. You had two big days where it went up and, you know, goes up quickly through an area, comes down quickly through an area. Uh, if you get a look at 1714 or 1714.34, that, that fills the gap from yesterday uh, in the close at 717. So I say it looks like we're going to dip under that 700. The question is, is, you know, do the buy the dippers come back in at the close above it? And then Neo, uh, before earnings, Mitch and I were talking about this one. And when someone stacks up at a number ahead of a report, you got to respect it. And it, it, 
all the highs weren't in the same area, but it was just under 46. And you had like six, seven highs in the area. That, yeah, doesn't give you any. I mean, that's not going to do you any good today. Your next daily low is 38.66. Um, you have to wait for that. Currently trading at 39 and a quarter, but you know, wait for it maybe to do this kind of formation on the downs on the you know on the downside like it did on the upside. Of course, that was ahead of a report, so you had people jockeying for positions. But uh, once again, pretty thin area here. Now that uh, you know you're taking out that low from yesterday, which is if you're looking for a gap fill. You don't have far to go. Only forty sixty one. I'd be a seller of rallies on the. Yeah. I don't know if I come in when it's down four percent and selling, but it's just the valuation. It, it kind of feels like the story, uh, the EV story has cooled off. I mean, not for lithium stocks though, which is you know something that is you know we haven't talked about for a bit. Do you see the moving LTHM? I'm still long it. I was um, obviously from Gene, from Jason, multiple people giving us that back at five bucks. Yeah, now twenty five bucks. I've sold. I sold a chunk of it, but I've still got a chunk of it. Also, LAC. I'm long that one as well. Um, they're going to be pulling back, and LAC kind of had a nasty day on Friday, uh, making a new high and then almost trying to make a new low. Not quite a key reversal, but the lithium stocks themselves. Obviously, this is you know all these electric vehicles are going to need power from somewhere. So those have been hot. I don't know if that's the way you want to play it or not, but wow. Uh, it's been a pretty impressive five, six days for some of these lithium stocks. Yeah, uh, full disclosure, same thing in LTHM. I haven't sold a share. I think a little bit I higher. I think I was Joel never on... sells. Joel's yeah, like Warren so, Buffett over yeah. there. He doesn't sell. So uh, for this one, uh, just for the LAC, you're open into a pair of lows. Uh, let's see if you can hold. You're actually below that right now. Huh. Under 17, it gets dicey, though. That was your three-day low. 15.69 is your four-day low. So don't like those kind of areas. Uh, and LTHM, I don't want to look at it, but I will just for our fans at home. Down a buck. Big run. I would say, yep, take a little bit of a breather. Let's see. Ooh, 24. It looks like a pair of lows in the lower 24 handle. We should also mention within the context of if you're going to look at NEO and, and LI and all those today, China is down. There was some tough economic data. Actually, the economic data didn't even seem like it was that bad, but it was below estimates. They had some weak oh boy. They had some weak industrial output data and retail sales for July over the weekend. So, um, yeah, so all of China is down this morning. Um, they don't care, though. No, no, I know. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you want to talk about Sonos? Let's talk about Sonos. Yeah. This was your big mover after hours. The fr- we haven't had a good Friday evening news dump in a while, and this was one. It was out wow. Friday afternoon. Uh, a judge ruled in favor of Sonos. Google infringed on five patents uh, as it relates to Sonos, and um, Sonos has ripped higher on that on that news. Uh, they're getting an upgrade this morning from Jeffries, but this is this is a. Uh, uh, a ruling that will allow Sonos to proceed. It will allow, it, it will block Google from, you know, selling the products that have these patents in them, and it will allow this lawsuit to to proceed even further. So, good for Sonos. I've screwed mm. this one right up. This is something that I was bullish ever since Andrew Left came on the show. We talked about this last week. We came on our show and the stock was sixteen dollars and thought he said somebody's eventually going to buy this. Well, they didn't, but the he stock did. just kept going higher. Here, great pick by Citron Research. Um, I bought it that day. The thing 
kind of doubled for me. I took out an, a part of my money. Then I just decided I sold it all. And I and then I watched it go to $44 back in April. I was like, I wish I wouldn't have sold that. It came all the way back down probably to below where I sold it. But I don't rebuy. Should have rebought it. Now it's going back up again. So love the company. Love the stock. Wish it would have got a better pullback uh, to buy off of it. Didn't get any pullback really after earnings. A little bit. And we were bullish. When it was up at 38 39 in the pre-market that they were saying, this could pull back. It got down to 36.13, so maybe a few people took a shot, which would have been good. It wasn't me. I wish it would have got back down to the 35 area. I was a little bit too greedy. Now it's gone without me. I don't know what to say. I'd wait for a pullback now, but I love the company. Yeah, the uh, you're up quite a bit, but it was the old 4 a.m. push, right? Just like the continuation from the after hours market on Friday. And they just get too excited. I mean, this is a 15-minute chart, but I'm sure it happened within 15 seconds. You went to 43.99, and then after, you know, this rocky two days, people are taking profits. So, man, you get back up to 43.99, I just kind of feel if you're looking to excess today, you might have to pick a level ahead of that uh way away from the gap uh from yesterday's friday session you need to get to 3872 really don't see that happening if you're super bullish and you think this is going to send it to the moon all-time high is 4472 but this is just they're allowing them to proceed like there hasn't been a a, a settlement or there hasn't you know like no. it's just allowing it to proceed and they can't use their product. So it's not like they're getting like $1.7 billion or something like this. This is just off lawsuit yeah, it's, moving it's, forward. Exactly, so exactly. yeah, put your stock in, you know, put, put the emphasis on it that you want, but uh, until you see like, a, and you know how long these, these cases and lawsuits and verdicts and some appeal judge comes in and overturns it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough way to play things, but you're getting a reaction now today. And uh, you've also got people who were hoping that it'd pull back after the earnings like myself and not blast off here again. So you got some chasers in there too. Some big okay. news though. And that was after a big earnings report, right? Yeah, after the gap up, and then it yep. just quite didn't. It, it actually start, tried. It was up like 39, 39 and a half um, on the earnings report, and it pulled back that day. And we, like I said, that candle from two days ago got down to third, just low 36, is almost filled the gap, but I couldn't break it down there. Kind of looks like you might. I mean, the old monthly high is around 40, 40, 64. So if you want to try and hold out from that, it's that's not too stock. far away. Yeah, it yeah. is. I wouldn't want to be short the stock. Okay, so we are into retail earnings season. This week, we're going to get Tuesday, Walmart, Home Depot. Wednesday, we're going to see Target, Lowe's. We're also going to throw in some NVIDIA. Thursday, we're going to Kohl's and Macy's and throw in some applied materials. And Friday, Deer and Foot Locker. Retail earnings season begins Mm -hmm. with Big Gun Walmart tomorrow. Thoughts just as we enter retail earnings season here, Joel? I mean, we had a little low last week, and now we get right into the retailers. What are you thinking? Jeez, I mean, it looks like you got a little position squaring uh, ahead uh, in Walmart. You had high of the move, but not the old time high of the mo- high at uh, fifty one fifty eight. But it looks like you have someone wiggling out in the lower one fifty handle. So just ahead of the report, I respect that as uh, resistance. And then on the downside, absolutely, just want to see this hold one forty nine. Three lows in a row surrounding that area. Your next daily low. Is three bucks lower. So trading range, trade the range.com, 149 to 150 and a quarter. And didn't they slam this off the last earnings report, right? Didn't they? Can I remember that? Do we have the date? Gap down? 
Do we have that? Ago. Yeah, maybe. I, I and it came back. Ah, oh, I mean, the back to school numbers aren't going to be in, right? You know, unless people were doing some no. early shopping. They're not going to be in, but you know what people are saying is this is going to be the biggest after school, back to school, yeah, uh, season ever. Like because everyone to send their kids back to school. What? People are pumped to send their kids back. What's going on over there, Dennis? Uh, we're we're a go so far. I mean, our cases in Ontario have really, you know, we, we've come up in the last week, uh, but, you know, we're very low. I think we're at 500 a day or something, and all of, you know, talking to 10 million people. So we're really low right now. Um, but, you know, a lot of vaccinations. Ontario, I believe, is shooting something like 82 or 83% are vaccinated now, and 72% are fully vaccinated. So that's helping to bring the cases down. But the Delta, it has come up. We were like 150 cases a day. Now we're up to about 500. So we have pumped, uh, we have come up a little bit there. But right now we're a go on everything. Everything's pretty much open back in Ontario now. So, okay. and we're a go for the school. I've signed my kid up for hockey. We're assuming everything's a go. Mass so as long schools? as Delta. Are they, are they mandated at school, up. the mass or not? Yeah, they they will. They'll have mass. Um, my my four year old, I don't think, I think it's under grade two. Really? Wear a mask. And then my, my uh, boy's going to be going to grade two. He'll have to wear a mask. I tell you, I don't know how how Lisa did, how does it uh, with those masks on all day because we at this exhibit we were on. I had it on for forty five minutes, and I was about. Whew. Well, it depends which mask you're wearing too. I mean, if you're wearing an N95, they're a little tougher to breathe in. If you're wearing a cloth mask, I mean, those aren't not too bad. I mean, if you're not used to it, you're not used to it. But but I'm just curious from your point of view, Dennis. I mean, are, do you intend? Are you guys spending a lot of money on you know back to school stuff this year because oh yeah you didn't have it it's been on amazon it's all coming through amazon obviously we had amazon boxes showing up at the door with all kinds of stuff in there so right yeah because we didn't send our kids to school last year even you know like with uh um and well we were in lockdown but then we weren't then you could go back to school but with spencer's asthma we just decided that we'll just do the virtual school but you know it's tough you know, he didn't have as many friends. Now we're starting to see some people. He's starting to get some socialization. And again, you can't keep these kids out of school forever. So, you know, you got to go. And obviously, you know, I've worried about his asthma for a long time. But yeah, it, it's it's a risk reward, right? You know, he's missing out on, you know, all these social activities. So he's re- he's going back into hockey. He signed back into hockey. He's going back to school. You know, September, it's going to be fun. You know, getting back to a little bit of normal. I I like to always think about like the headlines we're gonna get. Like I was talking before, like when the when the Olympics were starting, I was saying how you're gonna see headlines about how bad viewership is, and that ended up being being the case. You're gonna see headlines in a few weeks. You've already seen some. You're gonna see more of that. Oh my god, record! Oh my gosh, record! Um, record spending on back to school this year, like across the board. You're gonna see those headlines. I think so. Too. I'm telling you. So, People are spending money everywhere still. Like this yeah. is, you know, and obviously Delta, we know in Florida, has put a little bit of, you know, maybe a pause on this reopening trade. But, you know, as long as we keep it somewhat in check, it's still coming. People are not afraid to spend money. You're seeing, you know, even I was out boating in Georgian Bay and, you know, the, the new yachts you're seeing now around, you know, people are out there and they're spending money with anything COVID did. It like I brought this YOLO out, not even for the youngsters, but for uh, older, for the boomers. Too. It brought YOLO out in the boomers saying, well, I mean, you only live once. I can't, die. you know, I don't want to just die with this money. I want to enjoy it a little bit more because hey. we really saw what happened, you know, with within the last year, you know, when, you know, you have a, you know, a virus go around the world and how much it have impacted everything. 
people are spending more money. I even see it in myself to a certain extent, you know, like, you know, so you see something cool, like not for like me by myself, I know we're building a house and, you know, I'd always be on the cheaper side of things, but I'm like, you know what? been working a long time you want the fancy windows we'll put the fancy windows <laughs> i see just it in myself get, even to a certain extent you just so. can't get them yeah, i mean it's my grandpa always said you can't take it with you you no. can't take it with you right yeah. so why, why why not spend it um it's 8 to 32 we're gonna have tim, uh tim quas join us in, nice. in a couple minutes we got a question from the chat let's look at roblox they report tonight rblx they they report tonight after the close um estimates if I can pull them up for you quickly in the Benzinga Pro, we are expecting Roblox to make 23, 23 cents per share on revenue of just shy of $700 million. I don't know. I, Dennis, I'll let you take a shot at this one. I, it's kind of no man's land for me. RBLX? Yeah. yeah. I, I got an overnight position. I am long at overnight. Okay. That's a trade. Oh. So I don't like to actively talk about stocks. I am intending to trade here at the open and okay. in the morning. So I'll just right, leave I'll the comments it. out. But I have an active, just an okay. overnighter in it. Uh, no idea what you know what you have going on or what your overnight position is. But uh, I will tell you we'll people. reports you, tonight. So yeah, you know, people I, report I like tonight. To long, you know I like to be long stocks before they report. Uh, well, let's see if you can get out at the mark, 8396. Uh, and if you get into the 84 handle and you take out that 8418, I don't think you're going to see 8471. Uh, good support on the downside, uh, parallels holding you up at 8140. So early trading range prediction, 82 and a quarter, 8416. So we'll see how that plays out today. All right, Unity go ahead. software. Can we talk that one? What a three-day move. This oh, had earnings. It pulled back initially on the earnings report. I tell you, if you were buying the dip on that initial earnings report, you might not see it on the chart, but in the pre-market, it traded down like 103 or 104, or maybe it was after hours on the earnings, and it What's has packed? not looked back. You. This, this, is, this, you. Is Packer. this was a Pactor pick. I bought the thing oh. at 87 Wow. And then I got spooked on the overall market, sold it at 100 should not have sold it. Obviously, it's $128 here now. I know my buddy uh, Jeff there, I believe he still has it. So uh, nice trade. I mean, Patrick gave this to us on the show. He said he loved it. I was like, I love when Patrick says I love it, although the Zynga hasn't worked out. But you, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> that really. is with the you should start, uh, we should start a guest portfolio. And it's just, you know, because, I mean, it goes back a long time. When, uh, yeah, Pactor's definitely not always right. The short Netflix <laughs> or the sell Netflix call. <laughs> yeah, you know. Really... Worse. But he's good, man. He gave me Activision. I doubled my money in that thing. Yeah. He gave me the the King Gaming with the Candy Crush. And that, he says he, he wanted to own it. And obviously couldn't because he covered the stock. And then it got taken over. I believe it was, who, who bought King Digital? It was, it was Activision. Oh, Activision did buy that one, too. I think so. Wow, so, that's going back a long time. The Candy Crush. I don't know if my mom, I don't think she's playing Candy Crush. She, she, she quit? She, uh, really? she's, she's always at the top, right, that's with Michael Pastor. They wait every every Wednesday to get the new levels, and then they conquer them, and then they move on. But I'm not sure. I don't think she's playing as much Candy Crush now. She's moved on to other things, video games. She's still gaming. Don't forget. Don't kid yourself. My mom's a gamer. Okay. we got to uh, get her on the show sometime. She'll talk games. All right, it's 8.36. Everyone go ahead and drop us a like. Let's bring on our guest, Tim Quast, from Market Structure Monday. 
Tim Quast, he's the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Tim, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Nice to see you. Nice. Looking to- good. Thank you. I, I see we're back in the um the the normal. We setting. are. We're back we are. in the normal in the normal room. We had Great yeah. Room. We had company in from Wisconsin, and okay. so uh, the, you know somebody is always wanting to come up to the mountains. And uh, so our, our, our company from out of town joined the, the 34% of humanity that was in Steamboat over the weekend. We had, a, uh, <laughs> we had a giant gravel race for those of you who are into, into bikes. Yeah, gra- gravel's the big deal. Uh, and so uh, it, were you out there on your bike? And, and you're I, out there on- I was not. What kind of bike I, do you I have? Not- you have a Harley? Uh, no, this is you have to pedal these, Joel. Oh, these are not. Uh, we're not. There are no motors here. This is. Uh, this is all. <laughs> all about the pedals. So three thousand people showed up in uh, Steamboat just to, just uh, on the bikes, not counting everybody else wow. who who came. And uh, and so for the for the uh, for for the uh, the extreme element, it's one hundred and forty four miles and nine thousand feet of climbing on uh, gravel roads. And they, I kid you not, the 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 winners of these that race, both men and women, uh, do that at averaging over twenty miles an hour on a bike. So for a hundred gravel in gravel, yes. The uh, the winner, the men's winner, Alex Howes. He, I mean, he's a professional rider, but he did it in uh, six hours and nineteen minutes. One hundred forty four miles, nine thousand feet in six hours and nineteen minutes. Do the math on that. I can tell you what it is. You know, that's it. You're doing 22, almost 22 miles an hour uh, oh, for, for, for over gravel. Go uh, try that. Oh, uh, no, so, thanks. Uh, right. Uh, like shit, I went long Johnson and Johnson over the weekend. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> hey, hey, Tim, you, you brought up a good note in, in your email. I had forgotten, but Friday yeah. is Friday is the third Friday of August. It is. Friday, options expiration. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very, I think. Uh, very important to understand the effect that options expirations can have on your positions traders. And if you know if you're trying to trade something that's reporting results, uh, say like applied materials, right during options expirations, uh, it, it is. Uh, it, you know, I, I like to use the astronomical notion of bent light. You know, you can't. You sometimes you can't see planets in the in deep space, but you can see how. Light bends because gravity bends light. Well, options are like that. You may not, may not be able to see the effect, but uh, the, the presence of a possible obstacle to your expected outcome can be seen on the calendar in the form of options expirations. And it, uh, there, are, there are three dates that matter, plus the, the, the two dates that follow the expiration period when new, new options will trade. So we have Wednesday VIX expirations. Uh, and uh, this is all volatility as an asset class, and it ties into something else that that I hope we have a chance to talk about, which is does is buy and hold better than trading? Well, what if it was? Why would everybody try to diminish volatility? I have them in my managed accounts. J.P. Morgan offers hundreds of billions of dollars of low volatility strategies. Double Line Capital does the same thing. Jeff Gunlack got those too. Everybody tries to reduce the effect of volatility uh, because it erodes returns. You know, if you if you if you bought equities, if you entered the market in December of 2016. And then you panicked in March of 2020, you would have made zero percent over five years. That's how significant 
the, the effect of short-term volatility is. So that's Wednesday. Thursday, our index, uh, AM-dated index expirations, which the uh, Europeans love. It's our only European-style option in the market. And then Friday, to your point, Spencer, are, is triple witching when uh, index options and futures and, and stock options expire. And this matters because almost 20% of the total market cap, so we have a market cap of $50 trillion, so you know, do the math on that, 20% $10 trillion, $10 trillion of, of market cap ties in some way to a derivative. And so it's very important to understand whether people are increasing or decreasing risk and what do you think it might be and would the data tell us. I like to tiptoe very carefully around those because they destroy returns. And why would you want to just you know, destroy all the great thinking you've done by simply hanging around when you know there could be a black hole in the market? We've got a few ticker requests for you, Tim. Okay. If you want okay. to pull up, let's do platform, it. Let's do right. it. Okay. Uh, TJ Mosley, I'm just going to pick one, TJ. Uh, let's just do Rocket here because they reported last Thursday, I want to say, Thursday morning, I okay. think. Uh, maybe Thursday afternoon. Right. Um, RKT. Let's this is go a, to the. It says, says improperly, Benzing a power hour. This is a power hour. This is. Uh, but it's, uh, this is not the power hour, but we'll. Just, just uh, it is Benzinga. Tell us what the what the uh, supply and demand is saying on. on, on All right, let's look. We can't, at that. we can't get our own slides. <laughs> oh, that's Joel. extra. That's Joel. extra, Joel. We bring yeah. the guy on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Extra. And now oh, we're, we're second fiddle. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. I mean, at least so, you got the Benzinga thing. Uh, right? That's right. You know, it's a it's a Monday, so it, I feel, I feel like that's a small victory. So, uh, uh, Rocket is at. So remember the the for those of you who are who have, have observed this before, there's a fulcrum of supply and demand, and uh, it's five. We we simply created a scale of supply and demand in the market that is a ten point scale. And so gains tend to come above five. In fact, here's a little tidbit for you. I've ran data over the weekend looking at returns in the, in the SPY, so a proxy for the S&P 500, and we're going to look at Rocket, so, so bear with me here, uh, from July 2015, July 1, 2015 to present. That just happened to be the data set that I had that was ready. And so in that data set, when the market is below five, there were effectively zero returns over the whole time. So you would say, well, why would I own the market if it's under five, if there are no returns? And by the way, when it's over seven, only 5% of the returns in the market come when, the, when sentiment is over seven. 
meaning 95% of them lie somewhere between five and seven. Well, why would I own the market over seven then? Uh, so it, it's, the, it's the significance of volatility. And realize that is, that's 1,528 trading days. So over 1,528 trading days, if you avoid the times when the market is below five or over seven, you're likely to capture 95% of the gains. And realize there are huge losses that are occurred below, that occur below five. Uh, I looked at the data for when the market is below four and, and, and the SPY lost 80 points. So over the whole time from July 1, 2015 to present, it has added 239 points. We'll take a third of that away which means you have to refill that ditch just to get back to level. Well, what if you need to, what if you retire during that period of time? So that's the, the significance of volatility. So let's look at Rocket. It's five and bottom. Tells me it's right at the supply demand fulcrum. It's 49% short, short volume is supply. That's the supply chain. When it's over 50, the, su su there, the supply, there is excessive supply, and it's much more difficult for stocks to rise no matter how much demand there is. If it's low, I say I around 40. So, we're, so this, is a, this is a balancing act. This is people betting both long and short on Rocket. Uh, and, if, and you can see how it jumped, right? So let's, what, let's see what's going to happen. I like to say go back three months because three months is a good proxy for what's occurring. Here was a great time to buy Rocket. You know, right when, when demand increases and supply declines, that's where you capture gains. And then when demand begins to falter and supply begins to rise, leave. You won't capture everything, but you can get a very nice return and know something that nobody else does, the supply-demand balance. Then here's where we are now. So you have a nice move in price. Uh, short volume is very high, but declining. Demand is right at five. So what's the likelihood of holding these gains? Well, it's reasonable, but it's not great. You're unlikely to get massive gains unless that equation changes. Okay. We have the big 1960, move. man. Yeah. That's all I can get. I can't get that out of my mind. 1955, 1960, hit that on Friday, going back a couple days. So bust through there. I like it. And then you work your way up to 20. Also, last month's high was right there. So there you go. That's that's definitely a big level. How much does a gap up in price, like a sudden gap up in price in RKT off of earnings change, you know, your, Good question. your indicators? It depends on who's doing it. Uh, okay. Because there are different purposes and time horizons. It's a great question. Uh, and, and once again, we think of the stock market as a store. And there are consumers who come in, in, in into the store. And there are consumers who are you know, buying uh, potato chips and consumers who are buying big pallets of uh, bottled water. Let's just use that as an analogy. So if we look at the behavior that caused that spike, it is fast trading. These are the, the, the parties that buy retail flow. So Citadel, Virtu, Hudson River Trading, uh, in, somebody now is getting into that. Tower Research, I think, is getting into that business. Jump Trading is getting into that business. Uh, Infinium, GTS, and so on. They're not, they don't just buy retail flow, but that tells us it's a very, very short-term horizon. Um, could there be bets into options expirations? Absolutely. One of the favorite strategies of short-term traders is, buy, is chasing five-day out-of-the-money calls into options expirations uh, because they move and then people get caught up in it because they're unaware they're about to expire and uh, uh, you can get caught. So I look at that and say, if it was passive money, which is the, the great engine of the market, that might be different. 
Um, but nothing in this entire portfolio has passive money leading right now, interestingly. You know, if you looked at Generac up here at 4.4 four, four up, 38% short, huge liquidity, and people are buying calls on it, well, that has some appeal to me. You know, that there's something that if you were betting that the hurricane season is going to intensify, but you want to know whether you should buy Generac, well, there's a great way to think about it. It's not whether uh, it, Generac is going to benefit from a storm season. It's whether supply demand benefits you. That's how you should think about this. I don't care what you like. If you say, well, the work from home trade is back, so let's look at Zoom. Uh, you always want to look at, the, at anything that you're trading through a supply demand lens because that's how you are able to keep gains that other people will, under, will not understand are about to go away. You want to keep your gains. That's the whole point. Of trading, right, Dennis? We want to. Yeah. We want profitable trades, not unprofitable ones. I mean, that's what we're always trying to do, even on this show, is just predict flow. And you know, your right. data is trying to show the flow. Like we're trying to predict. Okay, is this story have the potential to get hot? I, yep. I I like to be long stocks heading into earnings because it's predictable that there is this you know upward bias ahead of an earnings report. I don't know what the earnings report is going to bring, but I know owning a stock a few days before it reports tends to show some positive alpha as opposed to being short a stock before it reports. So yep. and you know owning a stock like Generac in the hurricane season um, tends to you know work out well from a quantitative model so right, you know right. that's what we're looking at always at bright trading is you know we're looking at seasonality statistical probabilities you just got it all in a nice little format here for us where we don't have to break down the why we just look you know boom so and we can, and the beautiful thing is you're you're applying a rationale that takes logic. into consideration what <laughs> you're you're applying logic right and and hedge funds do this so the uh, one of the pods at millennium told me some time ago big one Pods, by the, so by the way, little tidbit again for you traders to understand how hedge funds work. So Millennium has a huge, it's a huge hedge fund, 20 billion, and they'll lever it eight or nine times. So you know, you're, t you're talking about uh, two, a quarter of a trillion dollars worth of uh, economic value in the marketplace. And they will have 50 different teams internally. They all compete with each other. So one of those pods told me, they make two thirds of their returns around earnings because they will lever long or short based on the things that they think might happen. Well, we can see that, right? <laughs> We're going to know which direction people are betting. We'll know by short volume. So if a hedge fund is levered in, we're going to see risk management as the lead behavior. And then we want to know, well, what's the trend in short volume? Is it down or up? And it will tell us. We don't even have to be in Millennium to know what Millennium's doing. And it could be an advantage when you're trying to trade around earnings. Always about supply and demand. That's the beautiful thing about the market. And... And of course, and Spencer, you probably have already mentioned this to people because this is naturally what comes comes to our minds. When when things are rising, what comes to mind? Stein's law. Ben Stein's dad. If something cannot last forever, it will stop. When do you want to know, right? <laughs> you want to know when it's gonna stop so that you can avoid the steep decline that tends to follow that. That's exactly what comes to my mind, Tim. How, how do you know? <laughs> I, I knew. I knew yeah. that's what you were thinking. Spencer. Yeah, guys, Tim yeah. Quast joins our show every single Monday. The link to his platform, Market Structure Edge, is in the description of this video. Check it out. Tim, always and a it, pleasure. And I might add to that. I'll just tack yeah. it on as in a in a in a you know uh, shamelessly self-serving way. You yeah. can try this. You know, if you haven't tried Edge, come try it for free. Just put your name and email address. And by the way, 
We have grown 1,600% since the start of the year. The people, you know, this platform is catching on because it's very simple to understand. Supply and demand, whatever you like, whatever you like to trade, test it. It won't cost you a dime. You don't need a credit card. Give it a try. It may not be right for you. Uh, but it is a great way to think about the market, supply and demand in context of rules. You guys, uh, you. you guys uh, might be getting near 10 then. If you've grown sixteen hundred, <laughs> we're slamming the salmon against <laughs> you're the ten. Salmon. You're going to create right. an eleven on that. Uh, <laughs> this three. one goes to eleven for those. Well, just uh, you know, going just real time. quick, going into leading into the expiration <laughs> here. You know, yes. I mean, yes. big run up. Uh, you know, pull back today for whatever reasons. I mean, yep. what do you think? I mean, you know, it looked like we just could have like the big run all week. Now we had yeah. the little stumble here. Uh, Dennis made an excellent point. This was a couple days ago on uh, on Palantir. Uh, you know, he was talking about a twenty five ping and kind of ended up under that for a week. Do you have a? Can you correlate a level in the S and P where there's just that crazy open interest, or is it little little early to determine for this week? Well, I'll the tell spider. you. So the the way that we think about that data, I was checking here. I don't have it open anymore. Uh, okay. You know, we have all kinds of ways to think about. I'll tell you what I think. What we watch is is uh, how money behaves in context of the rules, and there are rules and practices in the market that are observable. And uh, these are again traders' important things to keep in mind. We people who have retirement accounts and pump money into four hundred one ks tend to do that first thing in the month. Well, that money's got to get deployed. So it, then we can go look at the data and say, well, are we seeing passive flows to equities? They were delayed in August. Usually that happens the, in the f- first few days. They arrived last week. And by Friday, they were effectively done. So gotcha. uh, that, okay. that feeds into options expirations. What hap- happens at options expirations? Well, people true up their, their, their tracking The biggest consumers of options and futures are index funds and exchange-traded funds who can use about 10% of their assets in those instruments to ease volatility and make sure they're tracking the model. And then you got people who hedge and bet directionally. And roll it over. How does that look going in? Well, broad market sentiment has bottomed and is rising, but it's very weak. It's five and a half. It's about five and a half. So we know there's more demand than supply. But if it peaks ahead of options expirations, Look out next week when new options trade. If we don't have the same level of demand for new options that we did for old options, the market goes down. There you go. Thanks, Tim. Tim. You got it. Have a good week, guys. You too. You too. All right. I put it in the chat. Drowpolis tickers in. We'll take a look. There are a few that are catching my eye here. Let's look at... Um, looks like a Robin Hood. The, the Hood, yeah. Over over the weekend, I think it may have been Friday. I think I saw a report that there had been some mention of some kind of congressional interest in payment for order flow and taking a look at that and mm-hmm. and that that line just got stricken out of of, of Gasparino. Right. Not out. Right. So. Um. So basically, Congress is punting on payment for order flow for now. So they're no. they're, they're gonna. And then this is going to be forever. Issue. I know they have. I mean, payment for order flow has been brought up. I, I've brought this to the attention of the regulators for a decade. You know, on behalf of Bright Trading, and also you know on behalf of the CFA Institute. So you know, we've looked at you know different. You know, obviously, I've done given presentations. I've I've went there multiple times talking about payment for order flow. Um, it, it's tough. Like I said, there's good arguments on both sides of this. You know, we we know 
the argument that zero commissions payment for order flow obviously helps to subsidize zero commissions. If we were to ban payment for order flow, do all of a sudden we don't have zero commissions? I mean, that would be, you know, what the regulators don't want to see happen. You know, there's arguments that we would still, there's still other ways that they can make money. They can make money without payment for order flow. We know the conflicts of interest exist. We know why off exchange market makers do it. It's to get ahead of the queue. It's so that they can obviously have first dibs on those orders from Robinhood. That's the reason they do it. Mm -hmm. They make money from those orders. We know that or they wouldn't be buying them. Um, But you know, this is, you know, a direct, you know, this is a direct benefit payment for order flow for Robinhood. So as this, you know, if you're trading HOD as headlines look, you know, and it's saying, okay, well, if they're going to punt away Rob, on payment for order flow, it's good for Robinhood. Because if Robinhood lost payment for order flow, their revenues would drop substantially. So big portion of their revenue, the majority of it is from payment for order flow. So if you're a Robinhood shareholder, you're very interested in how this payment for order flow um, is, you know, is going to end. But, you know, from a technical basis, if we just want to look to technicals, yep, that's what I'm going to You know, you kind of got a little double bottom. We'll go because it's been so volatile. I'll call it a double bottom the last two days, which is a good sign. So if I was in Robinhood, I'm not. If I was in it at 50, I would probably be stopping myself under 47 and a half. But it's a wild stock. I've traded it, day traded a few times. It's a hard stock to, you know, because it's so wild. And if you're using stops, you seem to get stopped out on everything when a stock is still this wild. Mm-hmm. A couple things here. Uh, one, I mean, you got to remember that the you know 198 million shares went out to the market three days after the IPO. So that's someone was saying cha-ching. Uh, the other thing here is mana, and I got to. It's easy. This is easy level trading for you. You filled the gap. You had to gap up on that crazy day, right? And the top of that range uh, was 48.59. You undercut it. You hit 47.52 a couple days ago. So the gap is filled. So, you know, listen up, you know, little John, Prince John, Friar Tuck, you know, King Richard. Y'all have to like, you got to make a bid here. This is really, you got to make a stand here. Maybe not even just have to go up today. But at least hang in here and turn it up. I put that 59 in there because after that uh, big offering, that's 50% of the move. So, you know, if you're playing a short-term trade, you know, maybe ride it up to 59. But right now, right now, the Reddit boys or whoever it's trading is got to make a stand here or else you start to work your way into this candle. All right, we'll look at DoorDash, and this is one that we talked about last week. It got hit on earnings and then Gained all those losses back the following day. Um, hmm. And this is a question from uh, BJ says, BJ is short uh, DoorDash. Uh, BJ is short DoorDash at 203. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. So somebody in the chat is short? Yeah. How'd you 203? Well, it's been for a long time then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it hasn't yeah. been there since February. So. Oh, and maybe it, there was some after, was there after hours trading that we missed? No. no not in two, not the 203. I don't think so. No. Well, if you're it, short it, the 203. It's a, oh. it's a tough candle if you're short it too. I mean, this, we've talked about, you know, the, the Delta variant and DoorDash has benefited in the last month and a half from people starting to worry once again about COVID. And we've seen the clear downtrend in reopening stocks in last month and uptrend in some of the stay-at-home stocks and many of the stay-at-home stocks. This is still a stay-at-home stock that delivering the food to you. I do believe there's going to be competition eventually coming for this. I don't understand the valuation, but there are certain stocks that valuation doesn't matter. 
right now DoorDash is all about story. Um, the story is still hot. And if, you know, we go into a situation with Delta Key spreading, Dash probably continues to go higher along with the Pelotons and the Zoom because these all get lumped together there. So this is more of a Delta play, I believe, than, you know, a long-term, you know, that everybody's going to be ordering on DoorDash because I think competition... That's so expensive, isn't it? Don't they just... The, 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 the take is unbelievable. Do you have you and they take DoorDash? your fries. And, no, and I'm they not take your fries. <laughs> they take a couple French fries on the way. <laughs> the, the take is the fries. That's what they don't mention. Yeah. They don't the guy mention. comes, his like, really fingers are all greasy. They're like, yeah, what were you doing? Uh, this is a tough chart. That was a big candle yesterday. I would say uh, a major resistance, 194 and a half. And then on the downside, you double, you undercut that 187. Say, and we're 14 bucks away from 177. So I don't think you get too excited um, on the short side until you take out 170, what like 177.15 was a low on Friday. And then today they had earnings up and down all around. Let's see what they do with that close at 194.79. But uh, I'm going to let you guys take it away here. I'm going to try and cover all these tickers we missed on uh, Pre Market Prep Plus. Uh, remember, go to premarketprep.com, sign up for the event, whether you're from Mars, Pluto, uh, <laughs> you know, we, taking, no? taking out people from other planets as well. Now, if you're, planets, from, uh, if you're from know. Mars, don't come. We don't want you. All right. Want, Everyone all right. have a good day and uh, I'll like catch Mars. up with you later on. All right. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot, Joel. Thanks a lot, Dennis. And uh, I'll see you. I will talk to you tomorrow, man. Congratulations um, once again, Mr. Israel, for those joining us late. He got engaged over the weekend. So I, congratulations, I, buddy. I, did. I took the plunge. I took the plunge. All right. Let's bring on Matt Hammond. Preview the week in IPO land. Matt is uh, from IPOWarriors.com. He's got a newsletter out every week previewing how he will approach the IPO slate from a trading point of view. And we'll recap also what happened last week with regards to the IPOs and how he approached them. Matt, I just I just lost you on your camera. Um, that's strange. I just had you, and now I think I still have you, but your 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 camera's unplugged or something. What happens if I just bring bring you on here, Matt? You hear me? You hear me, Matt? Hey. Hey, I'm back. Sorry, We're back. quick little okay. battery change there. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations uh, on getting uh, engaged. That's big. Thank news. you, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Out of focus. Let's talk about let's talk about last week. Unless we can just talk about you know like wedding stuff. That's cool too. But I imagine you, you're here not, to talk. Not, not, <laughs> not a lot going on in IPO world. So if okay. you want to uh, get back into been married twice, uh, still married the second time. <laughs> Have a kid. I know more than I wish to know about it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to go in optimistically. Fifty uh, percent of well, America, well, America just work out fine. So, well, you know, are, you know what you know, though? You know what though? It was last Friday. It was Friday the thirteenth. So, if it does not work out, we'll know why. There you go. Doomed, you already doomed, have plain It was doomed from the start. It was doomed from the start. Okay, Matt. Let's bring yeah. off the slides here. Let's go into into the slate. Sure. Um, yeah, and since we have a light, uh, there's not a lot of light content. Uh, if people want to go into asking questions about kind of IPO strategies after this, um, it's been, I was just checking, uh, it's been a really great year. I've, I'm up about $175,000 on, you know, what started at about 40, you know, a nut of about 40,000 to start with. So 
you can make a lot of money in this. And I know I've helped a lot of people make a lot of money with this strategy. Uh, they kind of trade alongside me. I can't say I'm leading so much as just part of a, you know, a group that has adopted these strategies. But, um, you know, if people want to put some questions in there about how, uh, how the strategy works or how to try to trade IPOs, um, we might have some time to, uh, you know, to answer some of those questions. We're usually so slammed that, you know, for weeks we were trying to cover what 10 15 ipos each yeah. week plus plus the trades from the week before so now we have a little bit of time to kind of sit back and say okay well how does this you know how does the strategy work so before we do that let's check it uh what was trading last week there were really only about three ipos anyway um two of them gave win opportunities kind of if you continued on the you know followed some of the trends that we talked about last week which were you know, play the dip. If you are going to play these, you know, don't just buy all in right off the debut. There's no reason to do that right now. We haven't seen anything really just jump straight off the open. So what I have been doing is sort of on the few that I've played, I've been watching it open. And as it drops down, you know, build a little position because the tendency has been for these to come back up to VWAP or give you a second day run. And if you don't have anything else that you're trying to day trade, if you're not really a day trader, but you like trading IPOs, these do have a sort of uh, resilience uh, and elasticity to them where when they drop a certain amount, even we've seen this in the biotechs, which is a little bit less common. I and mean, we, we have seen more biotechs just completely fall off than uh, standard stocks. But the opportunity to play these dips has been has been there and that's where the opportunity is. And when, you know, when you're not getting the blockbuster home run IPO plays, there are other opportunities to make some money. So Alien Therapeutics, I didn't play this. I usually won't play a biotech. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of other things to play and I'm still watching these. I'm trying to understand the patterns and see if my hypothesis for trading strategies holds true. And in this case, we did see, again, this opportunity where if you were playing this, you either got in early and you had quite a few, you had a couple opportunities to take very, you know, modest, you know, $1, $2 wins right in the opening hour of trading if you did buy in on the debut. But if you're watching this and you see, okay, well, it opened at 16 and now it's dropping to 15 and 14 and 13, 67, if you bought you don't want to go all, you know, if your target is say to buy a hundred shares, you don't buy a hundred shares right off this first dip and assume that you've called the bottom here. You might start with 20 shares and then add another uh, 30 shares, add 40 shares. And then when it stops dropping, you see, you kind of, you know, you tie it up your position. You're going to say, okay, well, I think that this might have either an end of day run, which you saw here, or if you like what the end of day run has indicated, maybe say, okay, well, I'm going to take some profits here at the end of the day but maybe we get a day two run. And if you did that on this trade, it worked out really well for you. It actually peaked at its uh, current you know, all time high here at almost 23. So you could have taken profits at say 22 or 22.50. I like to eyeball, you know, where is my exit and set a limit order. I'm not trying to sell, you know, to time this. Um, but the, there are trades still available is my point here. Um, Dats, keep an eye on this one for today, guys. Uh, this is a super low float. IPO that sort of snuck onto the calendar last Thursday. It's something that they do encrypted blockchain-based chat uh, with a whole bunch of what? secure. What does it even mean? 
yeah, there's a lot of buzzwords. That's what's important. It's a little bit like Snapchat in, t- in the terms that you can burn your, I, I checked into it and people are you know interested in it, but it's just one of those things where it's super low float. It's 2.9 million shares. Uh, wasn't promoted at all in terms of, it wasn't even on the calendars for the NASDAQ on the day of the IPO. So the whole week it wasn't on, you know, we didn't talk about it Monday. It didn't show up till Thursday. I sent out a newsletter saying, Hey, this looks kind of interesting. This is one of those IPOs where I think if they had been on the calendar from the beginning of the week, there would have been enough buzz created to give this a little bit more of a run, but it's hanging in there right at this, you know, in this opening zone. I didn't, you know, you didn't need to buy this one on the debut when it dropped down, you could take, you know, or at least if you did buy on the debut, build your position down a little bit to get your cost basis down to about 360, 370, which is where it's at right now, pre-market. Uh, but this kind of has been, it picked up a bit of chatter during the day on Friday, and that's what pulled it back up here. And you got a lot of these trading groups saying, hey, this is interesting. It's blockchain. It's uh, crypto. It's uh, chat. It's some kind of cybersecurity stuff built into it. Um, and now there's a little bit more buzz this morning. And with two, one point, or sorry, with 2.9 million shares, these super low float IPOs, that sometimes has been enough for these to just catch a little bit of a wind. It doesn't take a whole lot of volume to send this up. So at 360, 350, if you can build a little position here before it takes off, there's not a huge downside to that. But the upside could easily be three or sorry, yeah, three dollar profit. Of, you know, it could easily touch five or six or seven dollars. And you don't want to stay in this long term, but it is something that doesn't take very much. It's like a powder keg. It doesn't take much of a spark to send these low flow recent IPOs on a bit of a run. And they almost all have done that within you know the first week or two of their debut. If it didn't happen right away. Uh, we saw it get sometimes take a month even alf you know gave a bit of a run on day two day three but then it was about a month later where this one headline about you know oh we're putting ten thousand units into rideshare uh, cars and the stock went to like from like four or five dollars to twenty dollars within two or three days so when you have low flow when you have something that's got kind of buzzy catchphrases not biotech it's um it's something a little different these this one just IPO'd on Friday. At least keep an eye on it, um, and you know maybe a little bit of a lotto ticket play. So this week's IPOs, we only have two. We've got Renovo RX and Aspire Global, which has probably set the record now for the most times I've covered this on this show because every week it seems to get moved back. Um, Renovo RX is a biotech. It's a little bit interesting for two reasons. One is it's already at phase three. It's a, they do a kind of localized um, chemotherapy for solid tumors. It's like they create sort of, um, I would say it's like targeted chemo uh, in the sense that they can uh, isolate the, if I'm remembering this properly, they isolate the kind of uh, system or like the blood, blood vessels around a tumor. Uh, and then they, concentrate the uh, chemo, you know, just to that area. So you're not giving the whole body chemo, you're giving it just in solid tumors. And what's interesting is that they're not really creating like new drugs. It's more reformulations of existing approved drugs. So they might not need as much money as the theory uh, to get drugs past phase three. They're already in phase three. 
And the other thing that's just a little bit interesting is that you've got a super low float of just 1.85 million shares. So anytime we see a really low float, uh, the IPO trading market is really bored these days. So it wouldn't take more than a handful of trading groups to say, hey, you know what, this one's interesting. Let's pile in to send this you know, on a bit of a run. Probably won't play it anyway. It's just an interesting one to watch. But do you have something to say about this one? Yeah, no, not about this. But David Connor is asking about what what, what brokerage you use. Uh, and David, it really depends. Um, you know, you can use platforms like Webull. Uh, we'll give you access to some. Uh, Robinhood will give you access to some now. Um, yeah, and- let me clar- clarify something on this. Um, I'm not trading. My IPO strategy is not to buy the IPO. Right. Uh, I pretty much don't count on getting any allocation. The allocations that E-Trade has given me were DD and uh, Krispy Kreme, which were not great IPOs. They weren't like huge premium. This My strategy is not to rely on getting any allocation of, say, um, you know, Snowflake. It was not like with Snowflake, I didn't get an allocation at 120 and then just get to sell it when it debuted at 245. I'm buying at 245 on a play like Snowflake when it debuts and selling once it reaches my target, which in that case was 300. So uh, my strategy is not to get an allocation. It's kind of, I've mentioned this before, uh, you don't necessarily want to be a part of any of these clubs that will have you. Um, In other words, if it's an IPO that is willing to give, uh, you know, especially a large allocation to retail, it's probably a good indication that there's not going to be a huge retail demand once it starts trading. So the platforms I use for trading these, I use Webull and I use E-Trade. Those are just kind of personal preference from what, what I started with. I think that Webull makes it a bit easier to trade quickly, especially for these IPOs that do pop right off the debut and you're wanting to, uh, you know, say modify a trailing stop loss as the price goes up. Uh, just I find the interface, whether you're on mobile or your, your computer, uh, very easy to adjust your trades and enter them. E-Trade is a little bit more um, like it takes you, like it's reloading the uh, new frames, reloading pages to get you to con- confirm your order after you try to place it. Uh, and that, especially when we, about a year ago, when I was really, there were a lot of IPOs and a lot of hot ones. There was also a lot of other volatility in the market. We were seeing these trading platforms kind of freeze up and E-Trade at least once or twice put me in, uh, you know, made me sweat quite a bit in terms of waiting for the loading, the confirmation page, all that. Whereas I found Webull was super fast. It was just, um, you know, when I wanted to exit, I was able to exit incredibly quickly compared to E-Trade. That being said, Webull often messes up these tickers on day one. I mean, IPOs, everyone thinks that this is all really super smoothly, well-oiled machine. Um, But a lot of times these trading platforms mess things up. And I've had E-Trade mess them up as well, where, you know, this isn't, we're talking about new tickers that haven't traded before. Yeah. And especially with Webull, we've had quite a few people in my group complaining like, man, Webull screwed me again. And it happens. You put in the ticker and it goes, you know, this stock isn't supported for trading. Um, so it's good to have a couple platforms. I've also seen where E-Trade has given allocations to other, uh, you know, to some retail traders on its platform. 
uh, then we'll not open the stock, the ticker for pre-debut trading until just minutes before it like goes live. And in at least one case, I think it was figs. I wasn't able to buy in until after it started trading, which for that one, you wanted to buy in right on the debut because it went up right away. And on the hottest IPOs, that's what you're expecting. So having a couple platforms helps. I find E-Trade to be overall more reliable. And, and whereas Webull has been, uh, has really kind of screwed up a few times and either not allowing a ticker to be traded or even completely messing up. Uh, I think it was ALF that it, Webull got really screwed up with and it couldn't keep the, it didn't have the right ticker symbol. It yeah. got screwed, screwed up between the warrants and the ticker. Some of the uplistings have been the same things where things are going from OTC to the NASDAQ, uh, which is typically the, the path that they're going. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to say, like, this, typically this is this is par for the course for, you know, retail trading platforms. They're all going to have the same kinds of problems, right? I mean, it's, it's just – it's kind of just the way it is, unfortunately, right? With regards – you have new tickers. That means new data, um, and it's just – that's just that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Like there's, there's going to be times where where your platform, whatever platform you're on, right? Right. Fidelity, Weeble, whatever. It's um, like any website. Sometimes it's going to have downtime. Sometimes it's going to have spikes in traffic. Sometimes yeah. it's not going to be able to handle. Yeah. You know, it, it's just that much more critical when you're trying to trade something. Yes. Yes. Uh, in real time. Yes. Another point on that though is that it, it appears to me that there are. I mean, it's not just the Nasdaq having one like trading desk through which all uh, shares and transactions are funneled. There's multiple trading desks within each, um, you know, within each market. And I find that I'm able to get better liquidity in E-Trade uh, than Webull. And sometimes I'm able, you know, that a lot of times that the level two data that I'm seeing on Webull is appears, appears to be incomplete compared to what I'm seeing in E-Trade. Uh, and I'm also, I've been able to get out of positions with E-Trade at a few cents higher than what Webull even showed it, uh, right. the, the stock reaching. So I'll be like, okay, it's a trading at 43. I want to exit at 43.25 and Webull shows the peak at 43.15. But somehow my, you know, on E-Trade, my, uh, my trades got executed where the same trade that I had, you know, on my WeTrade in my Webull account didn't get executed. So to me, it feels like I'm getting better liquidity in E-Trade than with Webull. And that kind of would make sense if you believe that E-Trade is more established and has more uh, kind of trading desks than, than Webull. All right, let's, let's, are there any more tickers we didn't get to yet? Uh, it was Aspire Global. We've talked about it weeks after weeks now. Uh, the IPO date now, uh, last week it was August 13th. Now it's being scheduled for August 20th. It's OEM manufacturer for vaping products based out of China um, and 15 million share float. But this thing is still available for pre-order on Webull. And to me, that just shows, you know, if it keeps rescheduling it and it's still available after five weeks and it's China and it's vaping, I mean, to me, this is just, I don't, I don't want to go near this at all. So um, I wouldn't even mention it, except that it feels okay. sort of like my responsibility to mention the IPOs that are coming up. But you know what? We've seen each week, like uh, things get added during the week and sometimes they're interesting ones. Sometimes they're low float. 
Sometimes it's something that was, uh, you know, filed a couple of weeks ago. We've talked last week about how many IPOs have been rescheduled, including some really strong ones um, or companies that look very strong. So we don't know if maybe Tuesday or Wednesday they decide, well, the market actually looks pretty strong right now. Let's let's go through, you know, let's continue with our IPO. Uh, then the calendar can look very different by Friday than it does on, you know, on Monday morning. So stay tuned. Sign up for the newsletter at IPOWarriors.com. I send out updates. I tell people, hey, this one was added. Watch it. It's interesting. These have been rescheduled. Uh, this one all of a sudden is getting a lot of hype. Um, you know, as I see things evolve, I update the community and trade accordingly. All right. Matt Hammond, again, the link that he just mentioned is in the description, IPOWarriors.com. It's on the screen right there as well. Talk to you next Monday, man. All right. Have a good week, Spencer. All right. Take care. All right. Before we go, I just want to bring to your attention a, a couple of headlines that we broke that the Benzinger Pro News Desk, I should say, broke exclusively this morning. I'll bring them up on my screen here. This is from the Benzinga Pro newsfeed. So three tickers in question. First one, IFBD InfoBro. They're launching a WeChat call center and a new intelligent SaaS, that's software as a service product. Uh, so that's IFBD. That was at 745. At the same time as that, we had Com Sovereign or COM Sovereign ticker, COMS, they are going to resume volume shipments of their fastback radio products. They didn't, and with a large U.S. mobile network operator, they declined to say who it was. Uh, but the value of these orders are valued at nearly nine million dollars. And then ticker, scroll up here, TRKA. That's Troika Media Group is going to provide branding and marketing services to the sixth honor of Kings esports tournament. So just to give you an idea of the value of those headlines on by themselves, don't mean a whole lot, right? But you bring them up on the charts and you see some movement and then they mean something, right? There were some. So here's the IFB news, IFBD news. There's what that stock did this morning, trading up 6% on that headline. Ticker COMS, Com Sovereign, trading up 6% on that headline as well. And ticker TRKA also uh, well, it spiked higher, but is, is now is now down 1% in the pre-market session. So just three headlines in the Benzinger Pro newsfeed exclusive to us. You only got them if you subscribe to Benzinger Pro, which you can do, pro.benzinga.com. You can also get a free two-week trial. If you're not subscribed, check it out. See what you like, what you don't like. And if you are a subscriber, you have any questions, you want any, you want someone to uh, you know, walk you through the platform, you don't know how to use it, that's fine. Email us. You can always email onboarding. It's on the bottom of the screen there. Onboarding at Benzinga.com. O-N-B-O-A-R-D-I-N-G. Onboarding at Benzinga.com to learn more. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.